Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of O Jeremiah Talks. How's your week going? I hope it's going really well. I bet it is. You're, you're just giving off that vibe. This week on the podcast, we have kind of an old school type episode where Aaron and I sat down in the chair and we didn't really have anything in mind. We just knew that we wanted to talk. And I call this one O Jeremiah Talks About Everything because we hit so many different topics. Usually we figure out what the episode's going to be and we kind of build it around that. But this one, we hit everything. We talk, I wrap up my Breaking Bad experience. We talk about the Grammys and then it gets like super therapeutic and we talk about shame and we talk about forgiveness. It's just, it's all over the place. Yowza. If you're into that and more, uh, we have a Patreon page that we'd love for you to check out. Just go to ojeremiahtalks.com or search ojeremiah on Patreon. It is, it's really helpful. We have five, four, five new songs on Patreon. I want to say five. Let me count them. Five new songs on Patreon. And uh, we'll be releasing them to the public at some point. But if you want them right now, you got to go on Patreon. So if you're into that, go to our Patreon page. It is literally the most helpful way to support us at this time. Isn't that wonderful? Whew. Okay, let's do it, fam. O. Jeremiah talks about everything. Let's go. I want it to be you talking on the intro. I hope we can together. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and jump into feelings. I can tell you're fussy because you just moved your mic stand as if it was like the most anno- an annoying thing that's ever happened to you. I'm definitely, my fuss level is Peak. 100. What's the highest level of a fuss meter? 10. F- fuss a meter? I'm at nine fuss because it is the perfect storm of fussiness for me specifically. One, Daylight savings. The Bump worst. That. I don't understand how it's still a thing. I don't understand. Why once a year everyone gets terrible sleep? It's noon all day. Like mm. I don't understand it. Okay. Uh, I was just sitting there thinking, like, oh wow, I feel really great and wonderful. And then suddenly I realized, oh, I haven't slept in a year. Is what my body was telling me. Oh my goodness. And I fell asleep and I woke up and it was six p.m. What has happened to me? Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. Okay. The other thing is, I have really bad allergies. It's allergy season. March is not your month. March is my least... There it is. Declaration. Let's go ahead and talk about it. March is my least favorite month of the year. I mean, do you even own any green? Uh, I don't even think I own any green. And which I'm a little feels bit... feels like a different issue, but I get, I get that. That's in March, though. No, no. You're talking about St. Patrick's Day, which is a holiday that happens in March. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, I like that. But I... I when I walk outside... It's that thing of you can feel allergies start to seep in. Yeah. My eyes are always itchy. And it's just in a pandemic, you just can't be sneezing. And your boy wants to be sneezing. I know. Can you tell me this, though? Compared to the rest of the years of your allergies, have you noticed a difference in this one in particular in regards to your allergies? Uh, A difference? Wow, I have no idea why you're even asking this. Stop. Um, <laughs> Stop. I would say so far, the only difference is I feel shame for sneezing in public. That's the only difference oh, so okay. far. Uh, but our friend stopped by. Y'all went on a walk, and she had to come up and use our restroom. And I felt myself, like, scratching my eyes because, like, my allergies are going off. And I walked inside, and it looked like I was in one of those movies where the main character goes on an all-night bender. Like, that's how, like inflated my eyes were and or is that the word i wanted to use yeah it's inflated it's inflated right so uh yeah two different things i'm super fussy about allergy season and daylight savings time all came coming down in march not here for it crashing down is what i meant to say i could tell your brain was like that wasn't correct that's okay and also your schedule got moved around today not on your yes not on your um what I'm trying to say. Like it was it was not because of you. Yes. If my schedule gets, not on your terms. Yeah, it's probably my biggest pet peeve is when my time gets taken from me. Mm-hmm. Me as little seven on the Enneagram, I want all of it. And that's why I plan my day super well. And I lost an hour and a half of my day today. Yeah. And it's really funny because it's fine that I napped for an hour and I didn't have that planned. Yeah. But whenever my day gets dictated to me from someone else. Yeah, you can't handle it. Can't handle it. Uh, but I, I'm 
I'm also getting legitimate FOMO with all my friends getting vaccinated. Like everyone on the internet right now seems like is getting vaccinated. And I'm like, I'm like, how many people in your house has asthma? Like, how are you getting the vaccine so fast? I don't understand it. Okay. And they, they say that like everyone, you know, like if you're a certain age or if you have health, uh, like preexisting health, whatever, you can go get the shot. But all my other friends are like, oh, just lie. When did all of my friends become like good liars? People have said that. Yeah. They're like, oh, just go tell them that you have asthma. They're not really checking. And I'm like, no. I don't feel comfortable doing that. And I'm not a good liar. Me neither. I would get clammy. We share that. Yeah. That's one of the things that we have in common for sure. If we ever had a kid, that kid would be in trouble. No, like, the, what if, I and mean, if lying is wouldn't. genetic, yeah, that is not a recessitary gene, recessive, man, I am, yeah. I am not awake yeah, yet. Yeah, this is weird. This is weird, sorry. Uh, can I tell a story about lying really fast? I wish you would. It kind of blows my mind because whenever my niece, Addie, whenever she started potty training, I remember I was babysitting one time, I don't really call it babysitting with her because I love her so much. You really do. But um, Wow, it's been a minute since you've gushed about your niece. Yeah, here we go. So, no, this is not a good thing, though. So she was... Oh, she was finally. Potty- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stop. She was potty training, and uh, she had, like, her little plastic little potty that goes around everywhere in the house, right? And she knows, or she knew at the time that if she peed in the potty, her little plastic potty, that she got to watch the iPad for five minutes. And... It's weird being little. <laughs> it's so weird being little. And so so I was like, okay, Addie. She's like, I have to go potty. And I'm like, okay, go. And so she goes, sits down, and it's very obvious that she's not peeing. You know, it's mm. just like really but clear. But you were. <laughs> <laughs> what? Sorry, that was a dumb joke. You derailed joke. that in a yeah, really sorry, weird way. Sorry. Okay, so everything was like, uh, this this little sister isn't, she's not peeing. So she's making eye contact with me the whole time, like, look, I'm crushing this. And then she pops up and pulls her panties up and she's just like, okay, where's the iPad? And I was like, Addie. Wait, if I remember this little toilet, there's like a bottom to it. It's like you have to dump the toilet out, right? Yeah, babe, it's a plastic potty that you just carry around. Right. So you could have investigated. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. But got it. In her little brain, she didn't think I would do that, right? So she's yeah. trying to figure. She's trying to navigate the world one potty at a time. So, but so she gets up, does her little thing, and she's like, "Where's the iPad?" And I was like, "Addie, um, you didn't pee in the potty." And she's like, "Yes, I did." I was like, "No, you didn't." And the thing that blew my mind was that this little girl. Has not been taught how to lie like that. And she mm. still lied. And so it's just funny that like lying is just in us. Yeah. Naturally. Yeah. Because like you and I say that we're bad liars, but like you, we've done it before. Yeah. I did it to the dentist a few weeks ago. Yeah. And you got all clammy. I got all weird. You got all weird. But anyways, I, were we just talking about lying? We were talking about lying. I'm always fascinated like with like the origins of evil and stuff like that. Like yeah, me too. I think that's why the story of like Adam and Eve or Cain and Abel like are so like intoxicating. Like yeah. to to go back like my favorite novel of all time is East of Eden, yeah. which is based on the first two books of the Bible. Yeah. And it's John Steinbeck and he kind of uh weaves in the first two stories of the Bible and his own autobiography at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I just, I was not a kid that grew up with the Bible. Like, that's just, like, I don't, I don't want that to be, like, I don't want that to mean any more than it does. I just didn't. Yeah. And when I read East of Eden, it made me realize the power of storytelling. And there are certain things in the human condition that are so universal that will never stop being interesting. Yeah. And I think this, the idea of lying, the idea of wickedness are always so intriguing to us. And that's why like those same stories get kind of like re like recycled and retold all over and over and over again, you know? Yeah. But I, I just, I love that so, so very much. Uh, speaking of which, you breaking bad. I finished it. Segway. Oh, yes. And you were going to update us on what you think finally. 
So I think it's the same Even thing. Even though it might change again. No, uh, I don't think it's going to change from this. I'm saying it's okay if it does. N- uh, thank you for that permission. I don't, I don't think it's going to change, but I think I've landed. And it, it's kind of like the Cain and Abel thing of it is just like a perfect example of the wickedness of man. There's this whole thing. And if you haven't seen it yet, I, I, the thing I could say is I could walk you through everything that happens in the show and it will still blow your mind. You cannot spoil the show. Yeah, I kind of get that vibe. But there's this one moment uh, where Walter White, the main character, he the, the whole story is he gets cancer. And then to pay the bills, he starts selling methamphetamine that he makes himself. And there's throughout the whole show, he's telling you, oh, I'm I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this to pay the bills because, like, if I'm gone, no one can take care of them. And then all this, these horrible things keep happening and all these, like, stories keep unfolding based on his decision that, oh, I'm doing this for my family. And it gets way worse. People, people die over it. People lose everything over Walter's decision. And then at the end, it's like the last episode of the episode before, uh, he goes to tell his wife, like, you know, I did this all. And she's like, you please don't tell me again that you're doing this for us. And he goes, I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it because I like it. And it was the whole show to me. Hmm. Where you see a man with good intentions fall in love with the opposite of why I got into it. And I just, I thought that was worth the pain of the whole show. Because whenever he said it, I just like wept. Not because like it was like this monumental moment, because it's like a small moment. Yeah. But it just made me realize that like the show does not care about your feelings. It set out to tell that one thing. We're all one bad decision away from being Walter White. And in that way, I would argue it is the best show from start to finish that is available to human beings. Wow. And that uh, even the scene with the kid that you've talked about a bunch, like even considering that you've kind of like come out on the other side of it, like, okay, it was all worth it. Uh, I would say, yes, it's worth it. I would say it is not a perfect show. There is not a perfect show. Like True Detective has scenes because before this, I thought True Detective season one was the best show on television. Right. But True Detective has two scenes that I'm like, it would have been a perfect show had it not been for those two scenes. Just where like nothing can be perfect. But Breaking Bad has those and the scenes that I'm talking about are like unnecessarily evil or unredeemably evil. Yeah. Where you're like, I get that evil is necessary. This had nothing to do with it. Uh, We didn't mention that a kid gets shot in the last episode, but I thought about it a lot after that episode that we did because... I thought we talked about it. No, I never said what happened. But a kid, an innocent child, he's like 10, gets shot and killed Mm. in one scene. And... I didn't bring it up because I wasn't, it was all about like, I didn't want to spoil it for somebody. But if you haven't seen Breaking Bad, you need to know that that's the show you're getting into. Because I was told that was the show I was getting into and it still wrecked me. Yeah. But it, I don't know what the lines are and I don't know how I feel about a lot of the show. Like, I don't know why it's okay that they can make methamphetamine on primetime TV. I don't know that. Yeah. But I know I got more out of it than I lost because you're giving up some of yourself when you watch a show like that. You're like, oh, there will never be a time where I haven't had seen this. That's how impactful it is. Mm. Like Game of Thrones, you can't go back and be like, no, no, I don't know what it's like for a dragon to eat or whatever, you know, like (laughs) it just Game of Thrones takes a toll on you. Breaking Bad of all the shows I've ever seen, took the biggest toll. Because it takes a lot of your mental energy outside of watching it? Yes. I yeah. thought about it whenever I was out. Like, I, I when I talked to people, I could, I could see myself wanting the conversation to go towards Breaking Bad just so I could process it with somebody. Yeah. But the rewards were very high. But... Hope is not something that you should go into Breaking Bad feeling. And I know it's a, it's a 15-year-old or show. Wanting, like, yeah. yeah. But... It made me really appreciate, uh, I guess, really good art 
and it made me really appreciate really good storytelling yeah. because Game of Thrones famously has like the worst final season ever. And or some people love it. Some people hate it. Like most people were disappointed by it. Yeah. But Breaking Bad starts high, middles high, and ends high. Like it is. With writing. It is constantly amazing. There's not one point in the show where I tuned out ever. Wow. And in that way, I'm very grateful. There was There's one scene, the end, like the season finale of season three. I'm like, I can't imagine going a year without being able to f- figure out who just got shot or whatever. Right. It's just an amazing show. Isn't that, I find that anytime I start a show now and like binge it just so fast, I'm like, Erin, why can't you give yourself like a couple of days before you watch this next episode? But it's available to me, so I want to just do it. You just want to do it. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know why that is because something that I found really interesting while I was watching Breaking Bad, I would post on social media about it. And people would say, I'm jealous you're watching it for the first time. Right. And I've said that. Uh, like when I've I, said that with like Fleabag. And, exactly. Yeah. And the thing that I find so interesting is those same people would text me every day, what episode are you on? What episode are you on? Yeah. Expecting me to totally, and I did, binge the mess out of it to where I didn't, like I finished it so fast and now I don't get to experience this again. Yeah. But it is, that is the culture of just like, I need to blow through this. Because it's available to you, I guess. I, our, um, our friends that we interviewed a couple of weeks, weeks ago, Rachel and uh, Bryson, yeah. they have their weekly episodes of their like family vlog, like the 10 minute things. And that has been the only thing in my life recently that i watch at a normal speed and it's because we have to (laughs) exactly and i and i enjoyed that though yeah i think that that's a really good practice i remember netflix did that for a minute where they started going like hey we'll do one episode a week or whatever and i remember it not getting uh the love that i think it deserved because now with like the mandalorian or uh wandavision like disney plus does that where it's like you get this episode this week and this episode and i don't think it there's a, any benefit to it. Like, the shows are done when they start releasing it. I don't know what the benefit of that is. I used to think, I used to wonder if we would go back to just, like, regular cable TV. Yeah, I don't know. But it seems like streaming services are just what it is now. Yeah, because we, the only time we want live TV is whenever there's, like, the Grammys, which were last night, or, like, the Emmys. Like, we only want something like that. I remember whenever the de- presidential debate was going on, we were like, we, we know, have to watch it. We have to watch it. It's whenever we know ev- almost everyone else is watching it as well. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's why, like, you you subscribe to Peloton or wow, you're a, mem- a Peloton member or whatever. And you can go through their archives and you can do their workouts. But there's also, like, this live element to it yeah. where you feel like, oh, I'm a part of this. Yeah. And I, like, I don't do those enough because I usually... I'm lucky if I just get in a workout whenever I feel like it. And usually there's not one live that I can tune into whenever I feel like it. Yeah, but I remember I, I didn't watch Game of Thrones until the eighth season. But I remember being on Facebook the night after the Red Wedding. Yeah. Like you don't even have to know what that episode's about for to be like, oh, wow, all my friends went through something together. Yeah. And I think that was my biggest hang up with Breaking Bad is like I had some friends that like were checking on me and I would like why I watched it one time with a bud but for the most part it was a a solo endeavor yeah and people were like when I would talk to people about it they would be like oh just wait until season whatever or wait till this episode but whenever you and I both watch the same episode we're like how could this happen what's gonna happen next and it's like a group effort yeah and I feel like that's something we're losing because I remember when Stranger Things came out you and I injected that with a needle like we could not have watched that faster it's a weird way to put that yeah, yeah. i'm thinking about vaccines again <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I, I can tell so but we watched that so fast and it it's to the point where whenever a new season of stranger things comes out we watch it all the first day it comes out like we cancel yeah. all of our plans and it's like we're gonna do this for 10 hours just so that we know and we're on top of it it is it's like i don't want to be left out I it's know. not i want to experience it i don't want to be left out is the new thing yeah and like the Whenever we would see things weekly, like weekly TV shows, it would usually just be like catching up with your friends the next day. Be like, oh, did you see the new episode of so-and-so? 
And if you said no, then like they would stop talking about it in front of you so that you can catch it. Yeah. I don't know. And there's definitely not the same rules with TV as there are with movies because the I'm, – I'm looking – like because movies are starting to advertise that they're coming back to theaters. Yeah. Like David Harbour is in a new Marvel movie and it – like – He is? Yeah. He's, um, he's the Russian guy in the Black Widow, the Scarlett Johansson movie. Is this the movie he got jacked for? He got jacked for it. Okay. Oh, him, that's been out for Florence Pugh, right? So that they were advertising that at the beginning of pandemic. Oh, so they're just now releasing it, right? Dang. Okay, that's that's why I okay got it. And I, I really thought, and that was a big conversation with with early pandemic. Our movie theaters are never coming back. Yeah. And here they are promoting only in theaters this May. Yeah. Or coming to theaters this May. Yeah. And I think that that's really interesting. The things that we assumed would happen and how and how like there is still like this endearing will to carry on in like the movies, which I just I find really fascinating. Yeah. I want to go to a movie so bad right now. Let's go. Let's cancel this. I mean, yeah. Let's go. I'm down for it always. No. Yeah. Someone told us that they got their spouse a gift card to the movie theater for Christmas. And I really want to do that for myself. Get yourself <laughs> that for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. It just... When that STEMI hits, girl. Oh my gosh. You better believe Stop. it. Non stop movies. I think we could blow twenty eight hundred dollars on movies. For sh- I mean, I've I've th- I know we can. Oh you know what's sad? What? I was impressed with my math <laughs> whenever I did when you just did <laughs> when that. I just did that. Stop acting like you haven't had it in your head for a long time. I've never thought about spending it on movies. No, I meant the final number. Oh, no, no, I know. But I like whenever I because th- I only think about it like fourteen hundred. But yeah. then when I add it together. What's your fuss level now? I just, I've I missed you all day. That was my fuss. Go ahead. You did? Yeah, I missed you all day. I'm when I'm not with you, now that I'm like out doing things all day. Yeah. Like l- life stuff, it's just not as fun as whenever we used to like be on the road and like doing all day. All day. Have eight hours in the car together. Yeah. Get to the show. I do think I know. I do think it's starting to come back. So I was talking to um, the venue owner of one of our favorite venues, uh, Callahan's in Mobile. You talked to him recently? I talked to him yesterday. And I'm surprised I haven't talked to you about this off I know. the podcast. I'm actually kind of surprised. But I, I just asked him, like, we were just checking in on each other. And I was like, are you thinking about shows? And he was like, well, you know, like vaccines are going around. Like it's something that we're considering. What are your plans? And I was like, we have none. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, well, let me know when you're ready. And I feel like that's the question now. It's like, hey, when are you are ready? Are you comfortable? Let, because that's we're ready. So, are we? That's hard no, no, no. To... That's like the theoretical. I don't think we're ready yet. That seems hard to decide right now. It seems impossible. I keep seeing bands post these huge tours. Really? And, oh, yes. Like uh, Outside? Haim, 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 uh is doing like a huge tour in the UK. And I, I think what I think it's. Outdoors? What's the deal? I don't I don't think so. Like a lot of the bands that are promoting spring tours are not indoors. But I think it's two things. I think it's, hey, we want to time this perfectly to where we think of all the knowledge we have, we think this is the sweet spot. So yeah. that way when everyone goes back out, we will have prime timing to where everyone will come to our shows. And then I, I see to where everyone's ready to go out. And so they're like, oh, we're going to crush this. Yeah. Like it's like they're they're betting on, oh, it's worth booking these at this time because worst case scenario, we just have to move them. Okay. But the other thing is I think it's just hope that it's that like keeping the fire alive of maybe spring. Like maybe that's when we could do it, you know, yeah. because. Do you think there's a likelihood they'll cancel them? Yeah. The tallest Man on Earth has rescheduled his tour dates. I think this is the third time. Well, and I I kind of respect you for being like, hey, what's the point in doing triple the work when we can just wait it out? Well. Right? Yeah. And I, because it's been a reckoning for me to go. There's so many people that are do, and, I, and I'm not faulting them for this because I get it. Like I have thought a hundred times a day, how do we play shows again? And there are people that are like, we're going to do COVID backyard tour. We're going to do, uh, we're going to play these shows. And we, it, like, we all want to do that. But I feel like 
whether you think so or not, I really believe that COVID, we're making up the rules as we go yeah. because we just don't know. This yeah. is uncharted territory. Like Fauci has has gone back on so many things that he said, and I want to be mad at him for it. But I'm like, he knows just as much like he knows more than we do. Like yeah. we're still figuring this out. And I just. I don't. The, the rule you and I had at the beginning was, would we go to this if we wouldn't? We can't host it. We like can't, we can't play to a show that we wouldn't attend. Yeah, for yeah. the safety of like because we want to do it so bad, we have to do it better, so that way we can prove that this is possible. Right. Like I don't want to go to a place that has like no soap in the hand in the soap dispensers, and there's like obviously no safety precautions, and you're like, oh, I'm never coming back to this place. Yeah. I want to be the band that does it well, even if that means just waiting longer. Me too. Me too. I think that's, I mean, I just, I I want it to come back so bad. But more than anything, I want it to stay back. And we want to, I think, like you're saying, we just, we want to do it well. Because you also don't, don't want to get your hopes up and be like, oh, look, we're back to normal tour life. And then find out later, oh, we did that horribly wrong. And we were going to have to wait even longer now. Yeah. I just, it's just not worth the risk. I don't think so either. And when, I, you know, because we initially had a, well, we thought we might had, have had a show booked in May. I mean, it may or may not happen. But we I don't, don't know. know for sure. But it's outdoors. And we don't really have anything else, right? We have no, that is literally the only opportunity for performing uh, at at this time. Yeah. But, and even that, it's, I, I want to play, and if there's a, a, a thing, like, I just go back to that college gig we played back in May of last year. They did so well. It was insane how good. It was MC. Yeah. Mississippi College. It was so safe. Yep. And I remember thinking, if we all did this, we could be doing shows today. Yeah. It was, it was kind of a surreal experience, but it, man, we brought noodles, and we were just like, we really figured it out. It was, it was the the perfect example of, oh, if we could pull this off, we could make touring and COVID a thing. And then we saw other people just so far from that. And it was like, I can't, it's like rolling the dice of your well-being. Yeah. Like, it's just not worth it. How were the Grammys hosted last night? I don't know. I don't watch the Grammys. But I, were they live? Yeah, I think so. I like saw people a, showed up? I think Instead so. Instead of like the Oscars being because I saw a video of Haim playing uh, the steps, yeah. and it was it looked like it was in a live audience. Oh, that's cool! They got to play. Yeah, they're so good, and their performance was so good. Yeah, they're like my favorite band. They she like Danielle was like playing a guitar solo, and then she like goes around to the drum set and just like plays a drum solo, and she's like singing while she does it. Yeah, and it was just it yeah, was amazing. She's insanely talented. I remember this story. I was watching that. Because you know I love Haim. You're waking up in real time. I really am. But I'm ha- I'm fine. Oh, good. Why wouldn't you be? Oh, uh, am I getting on your nerves? Oh no, not at okay. all. What? I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know why I said I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. You're just like I'm fine. <laughs> just in general. But I remember I went when I was in high school. Uh, I was at a church service, mm-hmm. and for no reason, the preacher inserted into his sermon that he does not agree that females should be drummers. Oh, no. And I don't know why, but I got so angry at that thing that happened like 20 years ago. That's so weird. Because I'm watching this video and I'm like, Danielle Heim rocks harder than anyone else. So you like thought about that moment. And I thought about that and I was just like, I wish that I was more present to realize that I should have thrown my shoe at him. Like, <laughs> amen, dunk, and just like, I just... There's so many moments where I think, I man, I wish I would have taken care of that or like at least made them aware of that's not it's not okay that you said that yeah how do you how do you do that you know you know the things that you obviously wouldn't stand up for the things that you would obviously stand up for now that you just didn't have the courage when you were younger yes yes I remember so this and maybe this is like a traumatic thing that happened to me but I remember when I was a kid I was in the eighth grade and I had green tube socks, mm-hmm. and I had a green long sleeve T-shirt. Oh my gosh! 
First St. Patrick's Day? <laughs> no, just because green was my favorite. It was like, I was like figuring out who I was. Green day? And I was like, I'm going to be the dude that wears green. And I had green Converse. Babe, that's funny. Yeah. So I remember the outfit. It was jorts. Uh, Remind me what jorts are. Long. Blue jean shorts. So I had on oh. jorts, tall green tube socks, green Converse. Yes. A green long sleeve t-shirt with a black t-shirt over it. So it was like green sleeves, but black T-shirt. And it was a Hurley T-shirt. Oh, I can see it. Yeah. And I was walking down the high, the hallway, and my math teacher made fun of me in front of everybody. No freaking way. In what way? Was like, hey, everybody, look at the, look at Gumby, is what, uh, is, is what she, Gumby's like a green cartoon character. Oh my gosh, it's so mean. It was so mean. And, like, legitimately bullying me for, like, trying to figure out who I was. I was in the eighth grade. Oh, my goodness. And, like, everyone was, like, pointing and laughing. And I, and I remember thinking, this is my teacher. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not supposed to happen. And I remember feeling shame and feeling embarrassed. And I just kept walking with my head down. And I wasn't bullied as a kid. Like, there were, like, w- there were like a handful of instances that I've told you about where yeah. it's, like, that was obviously bullying. But that was one of them. And if that happened to me now, I know I would be able to go, not okay. Like, yes. And then the next day, so I had her for seventh period. That happened at the beginning of the day. So later that day, not the next day, it was later that day, she brought me outside. So, you know, whenever you're in high school and they were like, Jeremiah, outside, and you knew you were in trouble. That didn't happen to me very often. Oh, it happened to me enough. I think it Um, happened to me like once. And I like was really upset but she's like jeremiah outside and she took me out and she teared up and she said i'm so sorry that i did that to you today (gasps) oh and i didn't even realize at the time that it was wrong i just knew that it hurt wow yeah how did that make you feel then uh i mean now you probably have mad respect but how did you feel then i remember not being able to make eye contact with her yeah I, i remember like looking down and being like i don't know how i feel this is strange but i i'm I'm upset. Wow. And she she said, I'm really sorry that I did that. Uh, that was not a nice thing that I did. Wow. I was trying to be funny, and it wasn't funny. Yeah. And she was like the loud, bubbly teacher. That's that's really big of her. Yeah, and it's really nice whenever that's the ending, you know? Yeah. It's, it's um, I mean, I know I don't teach in a school setting, but in my years of teaching lessons, it's really easy to gloss over a mistake that you make. Oh yes, I think that's I think that's good. It's good so word. easy to just be like the they're not gonna even know. You know what I mean? Or yeah. you know what I'm saying? Um, I had a moment a few weeks ago where I was overstimulated in lessons, and um, that's the easiest way I can put it. I was just simply overstimulated, and one of I teach a family, and the girls are in the lesson together. They're in the like you know they're with me together, and they. One of them reads a book or eats a snack while the other one's in the lesson. And they're really close siblings. So some they'll chat with each other in in the middle of their lessons. You know, they don't they're not meaning any harm by it, but they'll get excited about something that I say, and so the other one will chime in, whatever. Well, one of them uh stood up to like they kept interrupting each other more than I wanted them to. And so I was like, Okay, y'all, y'all gonna have to quit talking to each other in the middle of each other's lessons. And then um one of them got up and was returning my pencil to me on the music stand. And I thought she was just coming to like disrupt us. And you lost it. So I like, I was like, Hey, go sit down. And I like, and I did this. Oh, you did the noodle snap. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> and I did this and I was like, go sit down. And she was like, Oh, and she wasn't even hardly affected by it. But then I saw she was like just putting her pencil back, which from an assignment that I had her do. Oh, brutal. And so I like, I like registered it and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just did that. And so I like paused and I was like, hey, I'm really sorry. I just snapped at you. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. I was like, I thought that you were coming to, to interrupt us. I didn't realize that you were just returning that. I shouldn't have done that. Oh, that's great. And, it's really hard to say you're sorry. And she was just like, it's it's fine. It's okay. Like, she understood me so quickly. Like, it's like she she just kind of got me really fast. Yeah. But all that to say, um, it would have been so much easier to just gloss over it. Oh, I know. And, uh, and to just be like, I'm right because I'm, because I'm your authority. Well, and I also think that there was, 
there was a level of shame on her end too, because if you're the kid walking around in green tube socks and long sleeves, you're like a walking disco ball. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there were and enough. You were probably student- class clown. So she I thought was super that class clown. Maybe you like, oh, he's gonna be fine with this attention. And I know, also know what it's like to throw a joke out and it fall flat at someone's expense. Totally. And be like, oh wow, there's no way I can spin this to where they get where I was coming from. Right. Like I hurt you. Yeah, I hurt Even you. Even if and, my intentions were good. Yeah. And in my memory, she was like Cruella Deville maniacally laughing as I was like about to cry. Oh, but yeah. in her in reality, she was probably like made that face of, oh, I can't believe I just did that. Yeah. And then, like, couldn't wait to see me to apologize, you know? Yeah. And saying sorry is hard, but it's also really hard to forgive somebody. Yeah. Because, like, you want to you choke to death on that. Yeah. Like, and it, I don't even know if I forgave her right away, but I, I know that that's a problem I have. You don't have to get super enthusiastic about this. But when someone says I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I'm like, but are you sorry enough? I know. <laughs> that's really know. hard for me. That's hard for the sorrier. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That sucks. <laughs> I, um, um, I'm sorry. I just, stop it. No, you're not. Uh, yeah, like you bring up that memory just like has me going through all of my school memories thinking about like when that could have happened, you know. I know. Because I, I had a, um, there's a, oh man, if you were a music education major, you had to t- you had to basically learn almost every single instrument that there is, which was really exhausting. Yeah. And um, all the people that were in band, whenever we did like woodwinds and brass and stuff, it was easy for them because they were surrounded by that there since probably middle school. But then whenever they got to orchestra strings, they, you know, did pretty bad. I was one of the only string majors that was performance and education. So like, I was in all the performance classes with my string people, but I was one of two people in all of the band classes that was a string person. So we had like months and months of like learning all these different instruments. I had no experience with a woodwind or brass instrument at all. Never really had to worry about breathing when I played. Mm. (laughs) And um, I went to go play my, we had to do all of our playing tests in front of everyone. And I went to go play my trombone solo and the teacher like laughed whenever I played and that's just like not cool even if I'm like older and like not in middle school that's I don't know it's just it was frustrating yeah because we talked about we talked about it with Bryson and Rachel of how hard it is to be an adult and to be bad at something yeah and like you don't grow out of shame yeah it's not a little kid emotion yeah and thinking back though some of my best teachers in college were graduate assistants in yeah. in regards to shaming you because they didn't because they knew what that felt like yeah and they tried really hard to just like to meet you where you're at because one time I remember in oral skills where you had to like you know listen to something and be able to notate it and like know with it whatever one time I hated singing by myself in that class but you would get called on to like sing the whole passage alone without ever having seen it before like sight reading it and the teacher pointed to someone and he was pointing to the guy behind me but I thought he pointed to me I and I just started singing because I wanted to get it over with so he's like he's like you go and I was just like you know just like went for it like so nervous my voice was like so shaky and after I was done though because he was a TA, he was like, that was awesome, Aaron. I actually was asking for Eric to sing, to sing it behind you, but, like, thank you so much for doing that. Instead of, like, making everyone laugh at me. Right. And I used to squeak so hard in oral skills, too, because they would have the girls sing these soprano parts that were so high. Yeah. One time I whiffed so hard in my first test. I, like, screeched. I, I... It made some noises that I've never heard before in my mouth. And the teacher, the grad assistant, just looked at me calmly and was like, cool, let's like run that again. I mean, was he holding back laughter? Probably. Maybe. So anyways, um, I think, yeah, I think with experience comes a sense of like authority that might not necessarily be good. And you have to remind yourselves of like, I've been there too. Yeah. I, it's been a long time since I've been there, but I've been in that spot too. And sometimes it's helpful to apologize for being misunderstood, even if you don't feel like you were wrong, because like you, like just because you're not wrong doesn't make you right. 
And that's something else that I've had to learn a lot of like, I can list out the facts of why you're wrong for crying. Yes. But you're still crying. We've worked through that. Yeah. So I have something to answer to. Yeah. And you've also gotten really cool about like, I'll have moments of recently it was in the grocery store where I just get that overwhelmed feeling like I was sharing about my student a few weeks ago. Like I'll get so overwhelmed that like I kind of lose control to some degree of like how I'm acting Mm -hmm. and I lash out whenever I'm not then, you know, there's no reason to, but I do because I'm just like overly stimulated. The self-checkout at Kroger is is your worst nightmare. Is a point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so used to you would just take it so personally and just be like oh my goodness like why is she treating me like this but I think lately you've had way more patience and just being like we're just gonna get through this and like she's gonna be fine whenever this is over yeah what how she reacts to me right now is not gonna like you you don't really expect me to say sorry for that anymore no and part of that comes we've been married five years and it's just not to be like over sentimental but sometimes I like thinking just like, oh, she's having a breakdown at Kroger and we're getting to spend the day together. Like this is bound to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just like being more present and enjoying the time we have together. And if you cry, you cry, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The other part of it is just the the thought that you and I have or whenever we get in one of those, like if you're married, you know what I'm talking about. There are days where you just seem to want to fight. Like, I don't know what it is, but like the alchemy of the day is just like, oh, this is a day where y'all are going to be at each other's throats mm-hmm. for whatever reason. You're going to misunderstand everything. Yes. Yeah. Like maybe you had a bad night's sleep and everything you're going to take personally, whatever it is. But I remember at, almost every time we get in that place, the other person always goes, do you think I would rather be doing this? Like, don't you <laughs> think I would rather be in a good mood and not getting my feelings hurt? Because I promise there are better things we could be doing. Yeah. And I know you don't want to be feeling that way in, in the Kroger self-checkout. Yeah. And I'm the thing I have to ask myself, like, what is she benefiting from doing this? Nothing. So right. if she could help it, she would help it. She's an intelligent woman that knows what she wants, and this ain't it. So yeah. obviously there's something else going on. Yeah. And that's a very helpful— There's always something else. Yeah, that's a very helpful perspective that I had to learn because I don't understand anxiety the way you do. Because I don't experience it as much. Mm -hmm. And when I see it on you, all I can do is believe you. Yeah. Because I don't understand what gets so overwhelming about self-checkout. And I do know that your anxiety during self-checkout makes self-checkout more anxiety-ridden. So it's it's like an infinite loop. But I know that that's just where you're at. Yeah. And you would do anything to not be that way. But that's what we got. So then we just, you know. Yeah. So. And I, I, I tagged you in a post yesterday, like, because I'm not always that way in that particular yeah. scenario. I would say if you were more that way in that particular scenario, I would be able to expect it and deal with it. But it's so rare that it always knocks me off guard. Yeah. And it's kind of one of those things of like, and we keep saying self-checkout, but it's like. I'm sure everyone can imagine that it happens and that's just a one example. Like it can happen in other scenarios too. But like I tagged you in that post and the, you'll have to help me summarize it. But the gist of it was basically like you can do so much work on yourself and like you can show up and do all this stuff, make so much progress and you're still going to have days where it feels like you haven't moved forward at all. Yep. And that's just, that's just part of life. Like you, you, you learn from it and don't beat yourself up for going back. You feel like you're going back, but really you're just being human. Yeah. I was working on a new song in the studio yesterday and I've learned that my process is when I start a song, I have to convince myself that I am capable Hmm. of even being in the room. Yeah. And that's a a really hard uh, task. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I was such a pill yesterday. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I remember showing you, like, I could take the song this way or I could take the song that way. And every question I asked, you gave me the answer I didn't want. And <laughs> You were setting me up to fail, though. I know, and I'm not saying that I'm a hero, but <laughs> I just, 
it was really sweet that you sent me that later because I finally had the breakthrough moment of, oh, this is what I'm trying to do. Oh, so it was good timing. It was great timing. A little bit worried about that. But the thing that was really interesting is that the thing that I should have all, I was like, oh, this is what I've got to do was my first idea anyway. Yeah. But it finally felt right. And it just made me realize like, oh, this is the part of the process of being a human being is like starting from square one every time you step up to play, which is brutal. I kind of want to read it. Do you mind if I go grab it? No, go grab it. What, do you want to talk about what you're into? I'll talk about what I'm and into. And I'll go grab it? Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's worth, because I'm not summarizing it well. No, no, go grab okay. it. Okay. Do it. Uh, the thing, what what am I super into? Let me see. Uh, I think, I'm, I, think I, I know what I'm super into. I, I am super into, oh, I just got a text message from Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz here. The left is outrageous. <laughs> Help me stand with Dr. Seuss. Why the heck did I get text that? Uh, it's from a 601 number. Um, sorry, fam. Uh, I would say the thing I'm, I'm super into is, I talk about them a lot. They're a band called Night Traveler, and they have a new song called Killer that is really, really good. They're, I don't know where they're from. They've got to be from like the Northwest or something because they're, all their photos are super like hip and cool, and it's all like 80s-inspired night shots. But they're a band that has like big chorusy guitars, big synths, and they're it's two different singers, and they're both incredible singers. And every time they release a song, I am filled with excitement because they have not released a song that I did not love. And that to me, I get I get so bogged down in social media. I like, should we post this? Should we do that? Whatever. But really, it's it's so nice to go back to your only job is to make good music. And everything else is is frivolous. Everything else is just details. So if you make good music and you and you just stick it out, the right people will hear it, and that's all that matters. So the yeah. band Night Traveler. Oh, yeah, we love them. We love them. Um, you good? I'm good. Yeah, so um, I think I'll say this because I'm going to read this post that we were referencing earlier, but I also want to say that I... I've learned what I'm into this week is, um, this sounds basic or I don't know. I don't know what I'm, maybe you'll help me articulate it better, but I found a lot of joy in following people on Instagram because Facebook, I honestly don't use a ton. I use it to like promote stuff, but that's basically it. Facebook is becoming like online marketing now. Yeah, I don't love it. It's like all ads now. Well, and then I'm kind of contributing to that with like just doing stuff like that, but whatever. Um, But Instagram has just definitely become a source of like inspiration for me. Yeah. And in being in the nutritional therapy program, I am following a lot of those people. Like we're kind of getting to know each other through social media. And it almost is like, because a lot of them will make these like infographics that are like a summary of what we've learned in the week. So it feels like I'm uh, just r- getting to see the information again, which is kind of like a review course for free. Um, but it also is just very inspiring. Like a lot of them share stuff that's like very positive. Mm. Um, like someone shared today about, and I, I reshared it, like the self-care tips for the spring oh, I saw that, and yeah. that's just like such an uplifting thing yeah and I just want to be more I, I just want I, I just want that in my feed yeah and so I've just been really um I've been really inspired whenever I check Instagram lately which has been cool yeah yeah uh so anyways speaking of someone that I follow shared this in their stories is that she's actually my peer partner for class she shared this and I thought that was and I thought it was cool um okay If you're truly committed to a path of growth, you will come up against your small, petty, terrified mess of a self again and again and again. It is not, I did this work and now I am beyond all that. That's not real. That's just another identity that we cling to, another impossible false ideal. It is how we respond when we crash into the same walls, repeat the same tired behavior, find we still do the same embarrassing Shit, can I say that? Sorry. No. What? Oh, I said a bad word. Oh, I mean. Okay. It is how kind, (laughs) curious, detached, and amused can we be when we make the same mistakes we swore we should have outgrown by now? Can we stand tall, not clock ourselves or our worth by a programming we are trying to break? 
I think the thing that really got me was whenever it says like, you shouldn't be saying I did this work and now I am beyond all of that because then she says, that's not real. That's just another identity that we cling to. I have, I love that. So sorry for, I don't know. No, no. I mean, we're out here. Yeah. We, (laughs) we out here. I remember when you went to therapy Yeah. and you went to therapy for, uh, you kept having the, can I share this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think um, I've talked about it some. You just were, you kept having these like visions of me dying and it would wake you up in the middle of the night and you would be like hyperventilating and you went to therapy for like 10 weeks. And I remember, and I still feel shame whenever I think about it. Uh, it was like three weeks after uh, yeah, and it happened again. And I was like, I thought you went to therapy for this. And I was like, oh, wow, that is the most insensitive thing that you could say. I know. Because it doesn't, like, life never stops being hard. I don't blame you for that statement anymore. But, yeah, that was definitely one of the hardest things that I've heard from you. Well, it was also mixed with it's 3 a.m. You're exhausted. I was exhausted. And, and, I mean, from an outsider looking in, it did seem like this is going to be the magic pill that fixes her. And and also— And also— I think that that's an important thing that I want yeah. to touch on before we before we leave. Yeah. Um, my intentions are good. No, I know. My frustration is warranted. Yes, because you had been, we had been married for like three years. Yeah. And I had been almost obsessing over your death every single night. Yeah. And so at one point, one of the things that actually put me in therapy was you saying, hey, this sucks and I'm I really hate that you're having to hurt like this because I was really like grieving your loss and you were still here. Yeah. And but you said to me you're like I don't know if you realize this and I'm always here for you. I'm always here to talk to you at 3 a.m. about it or to go in the living room and watch Girl More Girls whatever you need to get your brain off of it. But you were like I'm starting to get paranoid that I'm sick and I don't know it. Yeah. Because this is like a reality that you've created for us. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. So all that to say, it affected you so deeply. So like, in hindsight, I can like forgive you and move past that you made that comment. Yeah, and it, it was, was hurtful, also coming but... up a lot back then. Oh, yeah. Like it was like every other night. And I yeah. think it was just like, there's a, I think I've even brought up this book before. Uh, it's called Turtles All the Way Down. It's by the same guy that does The Fault in Our Stars. I haven't seen The Fault in Our Stars, but I really yeah, liked. Yeah, you, you've talked about it. I, I really like Turtles All the Way Down. Is it okay if I share it again? Yeah. Um, one of the characters struggles really bad with anxiety. The other one doesn't. Oh, I love this. Yeah, this is helpful. And uh, the other person's anxiety really starts driving the narrative and kind of pushes the other friend away. And the friend with anxiety says, don't you understand I can't control this? Like, I'm the one that's anxious. Like, I'm not doing it on purpose. And the friend says, yes, but, and I understand and I love you. But your anxiety affects me, and I should have permission to be mad at you because I know that you're not doing it on purpose, but it still hurts me. Yeah. And that's one of those things that, man, this has been such a therapy episode. Classic. (laughs) Classic. Yeah, I didn't think it would go here. Yeah. So I love you. Yeah. We uh, love you too. Sorry.